This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave. Inside the Mellon Law Studio, protected 24-7 by... 365 by crime prevention, why not get a doorbell camera and therefore worry less with crime? Everybody needs a doorbell camera. Check cpss.net. And thank you to R&R Construction, uh, Shoot GTR, uh, Style Cuts, our sponsors. And uh, thanks to our donors, uh, we continue to try to bring you a top-rate show that teaches you things and also stimulates you to research on your own and maybe debate us for crying out loud. Um, we are uh, right near the end of February. It's always been a weird month, hasn't it? 28 days, all that jingle we used to have. Every once in a while, we throw in another day. Uh, and then on top of that, we're fixing to change the time again. And I just got used to this time. I'm just about at my wits end with that. But who am I to complain? I mean, I don't tell time by the clock unless this show makes me. I tell time by the sun and then wind and the leaves and all that business. So uh, every once in a while, I throw in the naked rain dance if we need it. And you know how successful that is. Well, 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 we are really in a pickle, as my grandmother used to say, here in the uh, city of, uh, well, the shining city on the hill, uh, which is populated, as you know, by the genetic material that was uh, dumped out of the, um, well, shall we say, um, the UFO by the Lake of the Stupids about 1947. Crying out loud, how else do you explain this bunch? You know, this latest bunch of UFO descendants is just as bad as the ones that preceded it. And the worst bunch he ever had was with P. Green underhand or Begin Hanrahan. That woman really started this whole mess and led all the other others on the dais with her down the path of craziness and fiscal irresponsibility for the sake of ideology. And she still is among us. She's still in the city. Behind the scenes, pulling strings. Yet that is the prime cause of the problems you have, city of Gainesville, in my humble opinion. It is the game Hammerhand started all of this stuff. And it's just been going downhill ever since. Now, I want to applaud Andrew Kaplan. I'm glad the Gainesville Sunset brought him back. Uh, he writes uh, in a way that cuts to the very core of the problem. And he has uh, written in the Gainesville Sunset today a pretty, a pretty definitive commentary about what the city of Gainesville 
and its genetic material from the UFO arrival in 1947 is uh, left with. <clears throat> Raise property taxes. Yeah, Biden is doing that. Biden is arming the IRS, which is almost completely dysfunctional, um, to get every squeeze, every ounce of blood out of the turnip it could get. Um, sell the utility. Good luck. <clears throat> Don't you remember? We had a plan for governing the utility. It was going to be taken out of the hands of the city commissioners of Gainesville. And what did they do? They went on a big lobbying propaganda and convinced this woefully small number of voters who voted on it uh, to say no. They could do a better job than independent commissioners could do. <clears throat> crazy, crazy stuff. But now, you know, you can only hide so long the truth, I guess. Well, as Hamlet says, foul deeds will rise, though all the earth overwhelm them to men's eyes. Reversing renewable energy goals. What? Andrew, are you sure you got that right? Reversing renewable energy goals? Wow. <clears throat> that would go all the way back to undoing what Pegeen Hanrahan, P. Green Underhand, first led the charge on. You know, that mayor vote was, was gigantic when C.B. Daniel ran against her. C.B. Daniel was a banker. He had brains. He never would have taken this this way. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, he didn't prevail. It was a real crossroads for Gainesville at that time. Um, the Florida Joint Legislative Auditing Committee, I got a call today from a very important player in this community who shall remain anonymous, urging this Florida Joint Legislative Auditing Committee to mean what it says. Take these people out. I'm not going to give you the name of the very important player in this community. But this person who commands a lot of influence in the community is concerned somehow this won't be a fait accompli. That there'll be a bunch of noise and it simply won't ever happen. Take these people out and replace them with people who have got the sense who would be in there for the next four or five months until fall and start to get the thing on cue. You can't do it with the people that got in there now. <clears throat> Fortunately, this Joint Legislative Auditing Committee is bipartisan. Or they'd be somehow, some way, blaming it on Trump or blaming it on DeSantis. And one of the reasons my influential source said today that these auditors need to act is they have a governor who will act and they have a legislature. This is very rare when we have a governor as good as the one we've got right now. 
this governor will act if this legislative auditing committee says remove him. Now, I don't think, given who they are and their naivete and their ineffectiveness and their uh, lack of leadership, or say blame it on the staff uh, and blame it on the managers, they fire the managers. It's always the commissioners, the commissioners, and then, of course, the leader of them. And they haven't had a leader worth anything for quite some time, for a long time. They haven't had a mayor who was, well, Ed Braddy was a good mayor. Other than that, they didn't have any, haven't had anything. So you've got Chestnut over there running her yak. She is a professional paid minority politician who we know from capturing her on film would not give the key to the city to Clarence Thomas. She's that type of person. They actually um, think maybe that they can go to the University of Florida and as Andrew very appropriately writes, it's a long floated dream, get the University of Florida to buy power from the city. <clears throat> that ain't going to happen. Have they not got all their marbles? Here you've got a governor and a Florida auditing committee that's come to the city and said, clean it up or we're going to get rid of you. Wanting to go to the University of Florida, whose president is SAS, whose board is appointed by the governor, it ain't going to happen. Florida would be, University of Florida would be crazy to buy power from GRU. The only deal with GRU, to my knowledge, that is a win for the people who buy from GRU, is our very own city of Alachua. Lois Washington Jr., when he was city manager, went to Gainesville Regional Utilities and said, we are your biggest customer. You need to give us rates that we can then charge our own city users a good deal on. So we're not going to buy power from you if you don't break it down. The city of Alachua under Lovis Watson Jr. city manager efforts got a good deal on power. Much better than the GRU members in the city of Gainesville get. But I know what went in those negotiations. The city of Gainesville doesn't have anybody who can do that. They keep firing or rotating their managers. 
They've got so much waste. Look, Tony Jones, we've been saying, does nothing. All these salaries that these people are getting, even the so-called director of diversity, equity, and inclusion is 200,000 plus. Are they nuts? Are they, yeah, they're nuts. The answer, I answered my own question. The University of Florida is not going to buy power from GRU. Not as long as it's managed by, and of the audacity of the city of Gainesville to ask somebody else to bail them out of their incompetence. It ain't going to happen. You got the communist commissioner up there saying, she hasn't a clue. She's got the diplomacy of a mongrel dog out here running around in the road. She gives the international fighter pilot salute to her own constituents. She freaks out on the dais and breaks down and moves herself. Eastman is still a kid. Um, I don't know where the leadership's going to come from. They cannot dig themselves out of this hole called the biomass plant. Now, let me tell you something. I was chair of the Rural Concerns Advisory Committee to the county commission when they were talking about buying this plant, building this plant, all the above. We had all the officials come before my committee that I chaired. And to a person, we told them, Ditch it. It won't work. And to a person, they didn't hear us. They had, as they say, swallowed the Kool-Aid. They kept firing GRU managers. Mike Kurtz was the one Hanrahan originally had to fire in order to get this biomass crap started because he told her it was the wrong way to go. And so he she fired him. I'm, I was there when it happened. I was I went to the Mike Kurt I went to the hear Mike Kurtz talk about this. Thank goodness. We've got DeSantis. Because if this is done properly and they make this commission reckon with themselves, they want the Florida legislature <clears throat> will have no alternative but to fire all of them. Now, we know DeSantis will do this. He removed McGraw. He removed Warren. This woman in Orlando, he may remove her. He stuck a knife in Disney, which we'll get into in a minute. They're going to have the ability or the leadership, quite frankly, in my humble opinion, you know I'm never wrong, to 
deliver a plan that they'll act on. And I'm hoping that this auditing committee recommends to the governor that these, I call today's show, cleaning house. This place needs to be cleaned out and started over. If they don't, the city is going to go bankrupt. The shining city, the shining city on the hill is going to go bankrupt. There's really not any other way you can look at it. Furthermore, it remains interesting to me whether they can actually audit themselves. The auditing committee can't audit them because they don't keep the receipts. They don't know where the money is or where it's gone. And they keep blaming on the people whose job it is to please them and they can never please the commissioner. So it's a catch, catch 22. Once again, lousy, lousy leadership. Weak, horrible mayors. Too many commissioners. They need to go back to five. This is a disgusting representation of, of a political model. There have been all kinds of knowledgeable citizens talking about this for a long, long time. People who know what they're talking about have been banned from the, from the meetings or cut short by the red light. This is a phenomenal moment in the political history of Gainesville. For those of you who are just coming here, this is a big deal. Long overdue. It should have been nipped in the bud with pea green underhand, but it wasn't. It wasn't. And they all piled on way they went. They wanted to be the first in everything. In what? Climate change? It wasn't called climate change then. Something else. Global warming. Whatever. There was a fashionable term at that time. If this auditing committee turns its back on this effort, I'll assure you that this bunch of incompetence will go right back to being what they can only be, and that's themselves. The only way they can begin to take action, and they'll be stumbling into each other, believe me, feeling their way around in the dark, is to feel the hot breath of the governor breathing down their neck. The moment they don't feel that, the moment they'll jockey for position to see who can be the biggest loudmouth on the dais.
I mean, I've just been watching these people too long. I've been a city manager myself. So I know what I'm talking about. I know how bad commissioners can be. They can be pretty bad. So I want to applaud Andrew and Jennifer Cabrera's Logical Chronicle has written about it. I want to applaud. We're all going to cover this. We're all going to keep our eye on this. There's a couple ways it can go. It can go badly. The Florida Legislative Auditing Committee can talk a lot and do nothing. But as long as Santis is in there, and it concerns me some that DeSantis, we could lose DeSantis to the presidential race. I, I just think that the state of Florida would be the, the loser on that. We need DeSantis here for a while longer. Now, to the extent that he's able to spin all these discs and keep them going, fine. But, you know, he's an unusual leader. I haven't seen one like him since I've been in the state of Florida. So this group wanted to defund the police. Well, you know what happens there. But they don't want to defund themselves. Well, how does that work? And they keep dead wood around. Tony Jones. The Reichert House. The Reichert House has been a boondoggle forever. We've been talking about that forever. It's a good idea, means well, but it hasn't run where the hoot. I don't think this group, the descendants of the UFO arrival in 1947 by the Lincoln Stupids, has the wherewithal to Get the job done. Therefore, hopefully, the Florida Legislative Auditing Committee will recognize that. And don't give them too much leeway because they will do as they've always done. They'll talk, 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 and get nothing done. I, I will venture to you, you know, that they don't have a clue right now where to even begin. They've got so many pet projects and so much bad, so many bad ideas in their head. That they don't know what a good idea is. They simply don't. So on the state level, and we're going to talk about DeSantis for going into the break and probably coming out of the break. He's got a memoir coming out. And all the people are speculating this, of course, is going to be the opening act of his presidential run. Uh, they keep talking. He's never talked about it at all. Everybody else keeps talking about it. But... Uh, 
it's coming out today, and it's going to give some insight into how he views his political life. Uh, Ryan King has evidently taken a look at it for the Washington Examiner and has summed it all up in some pretty interesting uh, categories. And he says that in the book, which I haven't seen yet, DeSantis has kind words for Trump. That's exactly the way you would expect him to be. You know, we're all going to tip our hat to Trump. He did things that nobody else has done. You talk to anybody. You know, trying to confront the deep state, uh, trying to make America great again, galloping back here, trying to stop wasting money on projects like the UN and make NATO pay their fair share and it's one thing or another. But DeSantis credits Trump with them actually helping him, DeSantis. And he rejects the notion that Trump's nomination represented a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. DeSantis believes that Trump's policies helped to electrify the base and paved the way for a battle with a D.C. swamp that nobody else had ever been capable of doing. DeSantis gives Trump credit for that. This guy took him on. Biden, on the other hand, is a total product of it. He's the quinty essential example of a character who is a product of the D.C. swamp. The other thing in the book, according to Ryan King, is that DeSantis believes in limited government. But the critics are saying, well, if you believe in limited government, why are you uh, taking on critical race theory and that kind of thing? I can tell you why, and book will address this, according to King. That's not come through Congress. That's not come through the constitutional process. If those things were to come through in a legitimate, debatable, thoroughly discussed way, and the political models showed that people were in some sort of consensus on this, but that's not the way it's happened. It's taken away, according to Sanders, personal freedom rather than protected. So the critical race theory and all that business, the wokeness, is taking away political freedom. Because if you don't agree with the wokeness, then you're banned. Yet nobody bans wokeness. All Santos is doing is supporting personal freedom. 
That's not the way, of course, the critics will present it. This quintessential example of a woke culture in this book, evidently, according to King, is Disney. You know, Disney, I remember when Disney came. Disney came, really, it was a lie. Their real estate purchasing agents acted as if they were independent agents, did not work for Disney, and were buying five acres here and 20 there and whatnot. And in the end, when all it was purchased, it was stitched together, it was real, it was Disney. I remember the very day, I believe I was 19 years old, uh, I was living in St. Cloud, Florida, and going to school at, in Orlando and working at Martin Marietta Missile Factory. My grandmother held up the front page of the Orlando Sentinel, which had a big green map on the front of it. And she said, as I got ready to leave, to go to Orlando, look here. Somebody bought a bunch of land around here. Who would want it? It's not worth anything. And indeed, Rama Cattle Ranching was it. Well, of course, it turned out to be Disney. And Disney got all these sweetheart deals, supposed to be, quote unquote, good for the economic development of Florida. I happen to hold exactly the opposite point of view. I think Disney ruined Florida. I have never been to Disney. Never. I have no desire to go there. For me, Disney ruined Florida. The fishing, the tranquility, the oranges, all the things I remember became crammed with gaudy hotels and highways, honking horns. I never, ever considered Disney to be a plus. But when they went off on their own political agenda, well, if you're going to have your own political agenda, you need to be like everybody else. Pay your taxes. Who else gets that kind of deal? And to the extent that the universities repeat or being held with fire, you see it going on here. You can't have your own political agenda and be the University of Florida and indoctrinate or, or use the university for propaganda. So we'll get you a president in there. You know, pre, you know, President Fox sat there and watched all this happen. He allowed all this woke stuff to happen. For me, he's the weakest president we've had. So DeSantis has got a book coming out. They're going to no doubt tout it as this is his um, initiation in the presidential race. Uh, we'll wait and see how that goes. We'll take a break now on the Word Scott Files. We'll be right back at the bottom of the hour.
Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott File. Special Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave with the weather for you. Ward's weather report from uh, Lewis Oil, Chevron. Great people, great supporters of our show. Uh, man, I'm telling you, we have basically got summer. We've got 84 degrees for a high today. We had right close to 74 the temperature last night, which means the grass is growing. So get ready to start mowing. But don't trust it completely because I'll bet you we get doubled back on. We could even get a frost because after all, this is just the end of February. Uh, it's not this way all across the nation, as you know. It is a mixed bag. If you go across the plains, we've got tornadic storms. If you go to the northeast, you've got winter putting up a fight there. If you go to California, you've got record-breaking snow and rain, which is really very, very helpful because that means the farmers are going to have some water for their crops. Uh, the forecasters are tracking a potential late uh, late week snowstorm. And uh, on the other hand, like around here, it's the earliest spring in 40 years. So 
You take your pick, depending upon where you are. That's the mixed bag of weather right now. Wow. I'm going to have to get out the farmer's almanac and see what it has to say about us and what we're doing. Well, well, well. Um, I don't think we'll ever get the conversation of race, at least in my lifetime, out of our system. It's just, just, um, it's just going to continue to be used by people for all sorts of different reasons. Thomas Sowell says if you want to get rid of uh, conversations, uh, a race is going to like stop talking about it. Uh, they can't seem to stop talking about it. I've never read Dilbert, the comic strip. Um, I was once upon a time, I read uh, Dick Tracy, a little Abner. Um, see if I read anything else. Oh, I, I love the, uh, um, the, uh, some of the stuff that's done by, oh, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, I had a calendar by him who's a funny guy. But I never read Delbert, um, creator Scott Adams. I, I never um, got into it. and Some people do. But now, you know, uh, he's um, been dinged for being a hate group guy. Um, he's um, said something that's too candid and it's too uh, directly to the point and wasn't obscure enough and it wasn't couched enough in the uh, right kind of political jargon. And it's not the fashionable, acceptable thing to say now. And so now the world is turning on him, taking down his um, um, comic strips and his cartoons. And, um, you know, it makes me wonder what would happen nowadays with my good buddy Don Addis. He used to draw cartoons for Playboy. He drew the uh, signals, uh, biological um, um, images for male and female and had the funniest conversations. And, uh, uh, you know, Playboy loved him, picked him up. I don't know if he could get away with that today because he wouldn't have one that was a uh, its own fresh, uh, uh, binarily confused one. I I just happened to think about Don Addis. I, I apologize for doing that. But um, everybody's got on his case of, uh, of, um, of, of Dilbert. Uh, you know, you guys may have been a big fan of it. I haven't. As I say, seen it. Uh, he's been, I didn't know he was in the Gainesville Sunset. I don't read the comics there. But evidently he was uh, 86th out of there. And uh, uh, and, they, and, and the people who are kicking him out uh, are saying, this is this is the fine line they're walking. Uh, they're saying uh, it's not cancer, cancel culture. It is doing the right thing. So the people who believe in the cancel culture believe they're doing the, quote, right thing, which means they think they're morally superior and they're not guilty of anything that they accuse others of. Um, it, it is one of the great ironies about human nature. Um, and it's called projection by some psychologists. What you see in others is what you or yourself are, all that kind of jazz. You know, um, it's a... <laughs> It is a wokeness. Uh, it's kind of a, become a wokeness score. And um, it is it is a uh, being exercised now on this fellow, as you may know, you didn't know, comic strip creator of Dilbert, who is a guy named Scott Adams. So I rummaged around a little bit to find out what else is going on with the cancel culture, uh, which really believes it's doing the right thing. And I had to sort of laugh at this one. I'm sorry. I apologize. James Bond. 
Let me take you back to the days of James Bond novels by Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming was considered to be a, a pulp writer, kind of a, he wasn't taken seriously as a, you know, say a, 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 Nobel, a Nobel Prize winner like Faulkner or, uh, you know, some of the other, uh, Peter Taylor and the a short story world. Uh, he was considered to be kind of a, you know, turn them out formula guy. And he had all these James Bond books and kind of reminds me of a story about Dr. Oros, who was the brightest man at the University of Florida. And that back in those days, we, we college kids could get a job checking book bags as people left the uh, library. And one day, Dr. Oros came through and we had to check his book bag. And, oh, I wonder what great work is going to be in here that he's found in this library. And when he opened the book bag, all this lousy stuff fell out of the book bag, kind of pulp thrillers and stuff. I couldn't help but ask Dr. Oros, why are you reading this stuff? And he said, well, it's so bad when I read it, it puts me to sleep at night. Wow. Well, James Bond, Ian Fleming, was not quite in that category, but it wasn't considered great literature until, until John F. Kennedy in his rocking chair for his bad back was seen holding a paperback book. And everybody was always ravenously curious about what made Kennedy tick. And so they asked him, Mr. President, what is it that you're reading? Not dissimilar to what I asked Dr. Oros. And he said, oh, I'm reading James Bond novels. Well, nobody ever heard of James Bond. And so it whistled around the news media and all that stuff. My golly, the president is reading James Bond models. Who is the author, what's well, Ian Fleming? He's a British writer. Well, who is James Bond? Well, James Bond is a spy, 007. Wow. And all of a sudden, the movie world picked it up. Sean Connery became the first James Bond. And we loved him. Every gadget in the world was in those movies. And beautiful women and, you know, chase and get the bad guy. And, man, we loved him. Well, they've been lying around in libraries all this time. Now, that's back to 19, oh, early 60s. Now, Ian Fleming had written before then, of course. He was writing in the 50s, if I recall. But everybody realized James, uh, Ian Fleming existed in the early 60s when they saw President Kennedy reading James Bond books. So let's just start from that. Let's say 1960. So 1960 to 2000 is 40 years, 23 more. So 63 years, the James Bond books have been available, lying around, unexpurgated, as we say, for you to read. And you're not going to read great literature, but you're going to read fun stuff. It's going to clean your mind out and keep you entertained and eh, mystery writer and all that business. There's a lot of them out there, very good. So here's what's happened to poor old James Bond novels. Uh, Jeremiah Poff has written about this. 
Now, the new editions, they're going to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the publication of Fleming's first Bond novel. So they've been about for four or five years when Kennedy started reading them. The new editions will commemorate the 70th anniversary of Ian Fleming's first Bond novel. And then that novel, we got to, we were introduced to the English spy and um, all the language in the work that's present was the original 1953 text. But sort of like YouTube does to me, you set an algorithm or I don't know, somebody does it. And you listen to Ward Scott. And if he says the B word fraud, why then you take that show off the air? If he says anything in any language that is not acceptable to the community standard of YouTube, you take that show down. And the show contained that word, that F word, not the F-bomb, but the fraud word, B. And so that took it down. And thank you, production, for putting this up. There's a Fleming book. And, of course, this is the Castro days, which was real high in international tension, as you know. Well, guess what's happened? The, they're going to, of course, reprint the James Bond books. But they're going to have a disclaimer that says the new editions are not identical to the original ones. And this is what the disclaimer is going to say. This is getting ridiculous. I mean, because they don't, they don't dare, the censors don't dare want to read Notes on Virginia by Thomas Jefferson. Don't you dare go read that. Don't dare read Notes on Virginia by Thomas Jefferson. And if you apply this standard, if you're going to apply, I'm going to tell you that we'll apply to John. Don't dare read Faulkner. Don't dare read Faulkner. Don't read Mr. McGregor by Andrew Lytle. Don't you dare. Now, you can listen to all the rap music you want to listen to. It uses the N-word. But don't you dare have a white guy say it. A black guy can say it. But a white guy can't. So don't you dare forget that. So this disclaimer is going to say, are you ready? Quote, this book was written at a time when terms and attitudes, which might be considered offensive by modern readers, were commonplace. I've been saying all along, every generation rewrites its ethics. And then it wants to go back and superimpose its ethics on ethics in the past. And they don't fit. But they make them fit. So the disclaimer says, a number of updates have been made in this edition while keeping as close as possible to the original text and the period in which it is set. Now, here is what they, the most, no, you've guessed it. 
you know what the most notable change in the Eon, uh, Eon Fleming novels, you know what the, you, you know what it is? It is the removal of the N-word. Ian Fleming was white. He was British. Okay? In the 50s. Okay? Now, it's okay for Snoop Doggy Dog and all those guys to use that word. And now, I hear it all the time. So now the N-word in Ian Fleming's books has been replaced with, you guessed it, black person. A black person does not describe anything very precisely. African-American does not describe anything very precisely. My sister-in-law is African-American. She was born in Nigeria. Therefore, ergo, she is African-American. We've never tried to exploit that on any kind of applications for free money. But it's true. Now, so black man and black person and other racial descriptions are being eliminated entirely. They have been combing through the book, looking for racial terms, individual words, and replacing them with versions, I guess. There you go. This is called a sensitivity edit. I learned a new phrase. Sensitivity edit. Okay. There you go. Now you learn something in class, students. So if I ask you on a quiz, what is a sensitivity edit? You may answer, but don't dare give me the example. Don't dare give me the example. Now, I don't know this character either. I admit I'm kind of isolated. There's an actor comedian named Kevin Hart. Some of you must know him, I'm sure. I, I, I take it he's a black guy or African-American, whatever. A show in Cairo where he was performing was canceled after he made a joke about ancient Egyptian kings being black. He said, we must teach our children the true history of black Africans when they were kings in Egypt and not just the era of slavery that is cemented by education in America. Do you remember the time when we were kings? Well, well, well. The Egyptian management group, our productions, then made a statement saying local logistical issues have forced them to cancel Mr. Hart's show in Egypt. There you go. 
I guess. What cuts one way should cut the other way, but not in the United States. This is Egypt. So, he is stepping down also from hosting this year's Oscars. Huh? And he's apologized to the LGBTQ community while he's at it. He wants to make sure that his sensitivity training is absolutely on snow. Well, um, one more little story here I think is very interesting. Production, let's get ready to show this. El Salvador. El Salvador. You may have seen this. Anna uh, Giotelli, for Homeland Security reporter for Washington Examiner, has written this. We're going to show you the pictures. Has opened the world's largest prison as a part of the country's major crackdown on the MS-13 gang. The Salvadorian president has a terrorism confinement center open, which is a mega prison where he is going to put 40,000 inmates. Can we show those pictures, um, production? Here they go. Here they go. Look at them. They're all tattooed. Here they are. Let's hold that one right there if you can, production. I'm a little behind you, I know. But um, this is a nationwide war against the MS-13 gang, Mara Salvatrucho. And they are not playing in El Salvador. They have declared a state of emergency. There's been a spike in the homicides. People have become terrified of these people. Now, I know what you're thinking. Will it ever come to that here? Well, uh, I don't know. The government arrested 64,000 suspected gang members in less than a year. These criminals were responsible for human and drug smuggling, organized crime, and the terrorism confinement center is a mega prison, and it will put these people, according to the president of El Salvador, away forever. A quote from the new president said, a quote from the president on this new facility says, this will be their new house, which they will live in for decades, unable to do any more harm to the population. What you saw there were several thousand tattooed shirtless prisoners dressed only in white shorts, which are the first of the inmates to arrive at this confinement center. 
The prison's not even close to reaching capacity. Previously, the largest prison, incidentally, was in Turkey, which has a 22,000 inmate capacity. Now, this MS-13 gang is one of the most violent criminal organizations in the world, and it originated in Los Angeles. Thought I'd just let you take a peek at that. It is really interesting. For those of you who are asking, when are we going to become serious about guys who murdered our good reporter in Orlando? I'll let you be the decider because you are, after all, the voters. The alumni of Virginia Military Institute have had enough. They are redirecting their donations away from Virginia Military Institute's foundation because they don't want their donations going to undiversity, equity, and inclusion's agenda. So they are now directing their contributions to something called the Cadet Foundation. And that money is going to be earmarked to directly benefit cadets, but nothing for political agendas and policies. They are endorsing the honor system there. I had an honor system in my school. And they're going to stop this erosion of the values of Virginia Military Institute. They're absolutely convinced that this critical race theory and DEI is being woven into the fabric of Virginia Military Institute. And the only way to stop it is to affect them in the pocketbook. Now, the people leading this are some guys who graduated about the time I went to military school, a member of the class of 1961. If you take a look at the demographics for this show, for example, bulk of you are 65 or older, men and women. Almost no young people listen to the Ward Scott Files. I wonder if they listen to anything. Because they're young, they're busy having the fun that young should have. When you get a bit older, though, you put these things in perspective and you realize what's going on. So at Virginia Military Institute, the, 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 the alumni, are saying no more contributions to the Virginia Military Institute Foundation because that foundation has been corrupted. And we're not going to stand for that. How about that now? Well, keep your eye on the city of Gainesville and see if anything happens. For crying out loud, we need to keep the legislature putting the pressure on that city commission. We'll have Ted Yoho with us tomorrow, so have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.